Thank you for listening to Fearless LA. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to hear a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Jeremy Johnson. I was, uh, I was sitting at a cafe and this man walked by. We, we live in a city where there's lots of production and different people that are, uh, you know, doing different, the arts and uh, film, our house, they're filming a new movie every day. I've probably been in like 50 movies not knowing it. They haven't paid me yet. I'm just walking the background with my blue bottle. If you ever see me uh, in a movie with a blue bottle coffee, you need to let me know so they can pay me for that. Uh, but there, it's happening all over the place. I, I was at Blue Bottle Coffee and this guy walks by and you know, he's talking to his boss, and he said this statement that I felt like the Holy Spirit grabbed a hold of and highlighted to me. I don't know if you've ever had this happen. God sometimes speaks to me in this way. Uh, a passerby or someone that's not even a Christian will say something, and somehow God will speak to me from that thing, just like he does from his word. I'll be reading his word, and all of a sudden, a word will jump off the page. I, I may, it may even be in the form of a question about that word. I, I want to uh, help some of you out, because some of you are hearing the voice of God when you're reading your word, but you, you thought you just had a lot of questions. Sometimes God will speak to you in, 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 in the thought of, put a question around this. Uh, why, did, why did I say that? And he's not doing that to bring confusion to you. He's doing that so you'll go deeper and find this truth he's trying to give you. This person walks by and they made this statement. They said, you have to make the room dark so you can control the light. It's a random statement, and he was talking about a concert that they have, obviously. In, in order for these millions of dollars of lights to work, we've been at several different venues, and if it's not dark in the room, and there's not enough smoke that we fill the room with, you could have a billion dollars worth of lights and not experience what really could happen if you could control the light. He, he said you have to get it dark in the room so you can control the light. God began to put something on this, and he said, this is exactly what the enemy is trying to do in your mind, in your world, and in your family. He's trying to get it as dark as he can, not because he loves darkness, because he loves control. He's trying to control the light. He's trying to manipulate the light. He's okay with you having the light. He's okay with you broadcasting the light. He's trying to control the word of God that brings the entrance of light. We know that God's word brings light. He's okay with you having light. He just wants to be at the helm of it. And so do we. But I wonder if that desire is God's desire or the enemies he's placed in us. I need it dark so I can control what happens in the atmosphere. Uh, it says it like this in the Bible, uh, and, and we know that our mind is not a bad thing, but it can become a bad thing. First, uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says this, In whom the God of the world, God of this world, which is talking about the devil, has blinded the minds. It hasn't blinded the eyes. It's blinded the minds of them which Believe not. Least the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God, should show unto them. In other words, unless Jesus' light gets into here, 
the enemy is controlling the light that's inside of here. Another verse says, if there is darkness inside, how great is that darkness? Have you ever had your mind be dark? Have you ever not felt like you could see five seconds in front of you? The Bible is clear that the light of the word of Jesus Christ does not have to ask darkness if it can leave. Does not have to ask darkness for permission. When it comes into me, it renews, it takes over the atmosphere. It doesn't matter how many controlling lights the enemy has placed there. When the light of Jesus shoots in, it opens my eyes. You see, this is what God wants to do is he wants to open the eyes of the blind. It's not these eyes, it's this eye. It says they've blinded the eyes of the mind. Now, why he wants to do that, why he wants to blind, blind the eyes of your mind is because you look like God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. Notice that word, our. I highlighted that, underlined that, because God is there by himself, right? All of a sudden, there's an hour. And in our likeness, let, him make us, let us make man in our image and our likeness and let, us, and let them rule, this is talking about you, over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. I love that it says rule because God did not call you to be a robot. He called you to be a ruler. Let us rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over the earth, and over all creatures that move on the ground. I don't, I'm not creating them just to be different from me. I, I want to make them in my image or our image and our likeness. And what does that look like? That looks like they will be rulers. They're not going to be robots. They're not going to be slaves. They're going to be sons and daughters. They're going to be rulers of this earth. See, the enemy would hate for us to catch that we have authority in this earth. We have rulership over our situations. We have authority in our home. We have authority in our workplace. We have authority in our family. We have authority in our mind. We have authority over sin. We have authority over fear. You are not called to be a robot and to be a slave. You are called to be a ruler. You are royalty. And you are made in the image and the likeness of God. But not God singular, God plural. Because God is not one in one. He is three in one. There with him in the beginning was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. My Bible says that Jesus was there before the foundations of the world. That the Lamb was slain. It was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that stepped out into chaos. The Bible says that God hovered over the deep. It was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that hovered. God is not one in one. He is three in one. And uh, to understand what I'm trying to get at, you have to understand that you are made in the image and the likeness of God. So you are not one in one. You are three in one. Oh, you're getting it. Come on. You're using that amazing mind you got. If God is three in one, then we are three in one. This is where many people miss hearing from God because we cannot hear from God in our body. We cannot hear from God in our soul. The connection we have from God is in our spirit. 
This is why your friends cannot hear that God is moving. This is why your family that does not know God, their spirit hasn't been made alive. They, they can come into this room and you could get touched by God and hear something amazing from the Word and a person right next to you could say, man, this was the most boring thing I've ever sat in. They can listen to a song and say, man, I've heard better songs on the radio. I, I, the achy, breaky heart, that's my jam, man. And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, Taylor Swift one that sounds like I'm too sexy for my cat. You know, uh, she had to get rights for it. Uh, that's my jam. Uh, why do you like this worship so much? Why do you like this music so much? No professional writers wrote it. The, the singers are, are great, but there's better singers. But, but some of you will walk into this room, you will get more fed by a worship song than anything else. Why is that? Because you have been made alive in your spirit and there is something going on beyond music in this room. This is beyond words. I'm not here to preach words. I failed every speech I ever gave. Then the Holy Spirit took me over and I began to speak from His mouth, from His words. Many people will come up to me and say, man, you were speaking right to me. No, I was speaking to 500 people. But for some reason, you felt I was speaking right to you. Why is that? Is it my natural human ability to do that? Am I some magician? No, no, the Holy Spirit is grabbing a hold of my words that have been delivered to my spirit, and then God is delivering them to your spirit. We are three in one. Um, can you bring up this tent uh, just so I can help us see this? And uh, everyone here needs to know that, that we're not one in one. We are three in one. And, and, and really, we live in a body. This is representative of this tent. Uh, some of us have different shaped bodies. And uh, this, this one's a pear shape right here. And, uh, you know, uh, you know and, and many of us, uh, we get mixed up and we start trying to decorate the body as if this is our mansion. Uh, we start trying to uh, operate in the body as if, as if this, is, this is what it's all about. And we get nervous about death and we get fearful about death because we cannot take the body with us. This, this body is not a mansion, it's a tent. Now, that doesn't mean to abuse your body. This tent is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Uh, just like the Ark of the Covenant that traveled in, in, the, in the, meet, the tent of meeting that they had built. Obviously, God longed for a permanent home he longs that your spirit would be in a permanent home called heaven. But for now, we are in this tent. So we're going to take care of this tent. But we're not going to think this tent is the end all. This is just the place that's carrying and housing the presence of God. And so if this is the temple of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to take care of this. Uh, so that the temple can be used, uh, so it can be clean, so it can be a place that people will come to. Uh, you know, if you went to a doctor and the doctor was unhealthy. It would be hard to listen to his advice. Just like a Christian that is not healthy spiritually, it's going to be hard for dead people to hear your advice. So we got to take care of the body. But inside the body, we're not one in one. We're three in one. At the basis of who we are, we are a spirit. This is what God wants to do. He wants to not make bad people good or bad bodies good. He wants to make dead people live. Now you say, well, I'm alive. I have a body. Well, we're not talking about you being one in one. We're talking about you being three in one. Many people walk around with an alive body and a dead spirit. God wants to give you life to the spirit level. God wants to bring your spirit back to life. This is the itch that we're really trying to scratch. 
this is the thing that we really long for. This is the hole inside of all humankind that goes, there's got to be more. There's got to be more than just the car I drive or the house I live in or, or how I can work out how beautiful I am because beauty is fleeting. If you don't realize that, just keep going, baby. It's coming. You know why Kanye doesn't smile much? Not because he's mad. He's getting older. You will see his wrinkles. And you can't rap with wrinkles. It just doesn't work. Right? This body is fleeting. We're getting older. But my spirit is being renewed daily. This is the exciting thing that happens to me. Not getting older. This getting older. This getting more mature. This growing up. And so God doesn't come in to make bad people good. How good are you going to be? This body is not allowed into heaven. I don't care if you're the dog whisperer. I don't care if you buy everyone lunch. I don't care if you prophesy at that. Look, your prophecies alone are clanging symbols. This is filth to God. God says, I want something new inside you called a spirit. I want to give your dead spirit life. I am a spirit that lives in a body. And inside my body, I carry around my soul. Inside my soul... I'm in charge of my soul. Don't let anybody be the keeper of your soul except for yourself. And inside my soul, I have a couple of things. I have my emotions. I have my mind. And I have my will. My mind, my will, and my emotions are housed inside my soul my mind my will and my emotion it would be foolish to say that god didn't give us these for a purpose it would be silly to say once i get saved i just throw this away this is what the church has done for years you can't have no soul you 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 can't have no emotions you got to just serve like a robot but remember god didn't call me to be a robot he called me to be a ruler so so my first place of rulership is not out there it's in here. I have to start ruling over my soul. God gives you a soul because he wants to give you purpose. You only get purpose if you have a job. Your and mine job is to rule over my soul. It is not my job to bring my spirit to life. God brings my spirit to life. He gives me life. But this is the picture right here. It's God's jobs to get you saved. You did not save yourself. I did not save you. It was him that died on the cross. He exchanged my death for his life. He gave me breath in my spirit again. It is God's job. But to walk out that salvation, to be a disciple, is my job. It's my job. My purpose is to become a learner. It's to become, it's saying, God, I don't really know what to do with this soul thing. I, I've, I used to just be a soul. This thing was dead. I'm new at this. So teach me how to, how to walk with my mind, my will, and my emotions. Now, the enemy does not come in through your will. He comes in through your emotions. He comes in and he, he says, hey, uh, you know, how do you feel this is going? How do you feel like it's really working out, this worship God's giving? He comes in through my emotions to attack the word with words and feelings. Hey, do you really feel like, you know, the leaders like you and love you and 
at Fearless? Do you really feel like you should be a leader? Or you, maybe you should just go to church. Or do you really feel like you have to do all that that's in the Word to really get, to really walk this? Do you really feel like these are, they, look, the enemy will come in through your feelings and try to rob in the battlefield of your mind your will. Because ultimately, whoever has the will is in charge of the soul. This is why David said, I will praise the Lord. I will give him all the worship. I will wake up the sun and moon because I'm about to worship my... I'm not based on how... Look, worship has nothing to do with emotions. Worship has to do with giving worth-ship to God. Giving my will to praise him. I will serve the Lord. I will bless his name. I, this is what the Bible is calling. He's calling you to will your soul into submission unto the Lord your God. And it happens in this place called the mind. All of this takes place in your mind. In, in your body, you have world consciousness. This is what tells you that it's hot outside or it's cold outside or, 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 or you got an itch or whatever. You have world consciousness. You understand the world around you uh, based on your body. In your soul, you have self-consciousness. Uh, in your mind, your will, in your emotions, you know what's going on inside you. We may not be able to get in there. I'm still trying to get into my mind, my wife's soul. Uh, she's my soulmate, but we're trying to figure that out. Trying to understand her mind, her will, and her emotions. And she's trying to understand mine. But our emotions is not for others. It's for us. Tells us where we're at, where we're located. It's, it is our internal GPS system. This is your world GPS system. This is your self GPS system. And this is your God GPS system. This is where we connect with God. This is where we connect with the world, and this is where we connect with ourselves. Do you understand that you cannot just connect with God and be absent in yourself and absent in the body? That God wants you to be three in one? That God wants all three areas to be submitted to Him? That all three areas is this place that God says, when you delight in the Lord, I will give you the desires of your heart. You cannot connect with God on the soul level. You cannot connect with God on the body level alone. You have to connect with God in spirit. It is deep crying out to deep. That's why reasoning has to begin at the spirit level. How do I use this amazing mind and not end up in the wilderness? How do I walk out with this mind? It's when I say, God, I give you my will. Let my will rule my mind. And God, when my will is lining up with your will, then my feelings will come in a line. And I will want what you want. You will give me the desires or the feelings in my heart. Because my will has been made new. The Bible says this in Romans 12 too. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. But be ye transformed. Come on, we need some Optimus Prime. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good 
His pleasing and His perfect will. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. You see, the enemy comes in through your emotions in the battlefield of your mind, and it is clear that he comes in to conform. This word to conform means to hammer. It means to maul. It means to shape and fasten. Have you ever felt this? Have you ever felt the enemy come in? Have you, have you, have you felt the bills come in? Have you ever felt fear come in? Have you ever had the TV just bombarding you and, and religion bombarding you? And This is how the enemy tries to maul and create his, his mind inside of you. He just keeps hammering. and ham- This picture is that the world, while they're hammering, while it's working on you, God wants to transform you. Do not allow the enemy to keep coming in through your emotions, through your pain, through your hurt, through, through your situation, through your anxiety, through your fear, and keep shaping who you will be. He says, I don't want to do Many people think God wants to do this. Come here. Let's beat you up with the Bible. Come here. Let's, let's hit you over the head with this thing. Come on. You need some Jeremiah 29, 11 in you. But the Bible says that the, the enemy, the, the world comes into, into uh, it comes in and, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it conforms you to the pattern of the world. It mauls you. It hammers you. But God says, be transformed. This word transformed is the word metamorphosis. This is why God says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. When you begin to get into the Word of God, when you begin to let the Word of God start getting, making entrance into your mind, bringing the light where where the enemy has brought darkness so he can control the light, allowing the light of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus to enter your mind, God says it's like a metamorphosis happens in your mind. When you start saying, God, I'm giving you my will. I don't get it yet, but I am submitting my will to your will. Whatever the Word says, I'm not just going to hear it. I'm going to be a doer of the Word. I'm not just going to hear it. And if I feel like it sounds right, then I'm going to walk in. No, that's how the enemy works. I am going to submit to your Word till it hurts. I'm going to submit to your Word. Not because you're trying to hammer me, but you're trying to transform me. So I can walk with a saved mind. So I can walk with the mind of Christ. This word is metamorphosis. We get the picture of a caterpillar cocooning to become a butterfly god is not hammering you he's surrounding you i love that picture this is what god wants to do in us he wants to surround us with his word his word is not to beat us up it's protection against our feelings and our emotions it's protection you see the enemy doesn't care about your mind he doesn't want to get your mind he wants to get your will in other words he doesn't want your car he doesn't want your, you to be, he doesn't care about you getting kicked out of your house. The rent, he doesn't care about your job being fired or, or hired. If, if, if getting you hired will serve his purpose, then he'll do that. Met several people, man, I was really involved in all this stuff, but I got hired. Now, getting you hired can also do that, as well as getting you fired. Whatever the enemy will use to stop and rob you of what God is trying to do in your life. 
He will hammer and hammer and hammer. And I don't know about you, but the enemy's been hammering overtime on me. I, I, sometimes I, I sleep and I don't get rest. Sometimes I lay there at night and I'm just praying that my mind will shut off. I could be in a crowd of people and my mind's just going. I'm thinking of what they're thinking and thinking of what they're thinking about me and what they didn't think. And I'm thinking of two people ago that, that, that looks kind of like them that offended me or hurt me. And my mind is just going. The greatest thing you can do is to be able to still your mind. How do we still our mind? We get cocooned in his work. We say, God, I want you to surround me. Surround me on the right side. Surround me on the left side. Surround me above me. Surround me beneath me and when you get cocooned a transformation happens you begin to go from a caterpillar to a butterfly you know it's funny we don't look at butterflies and say wow that's an amazing caterpillar with wings that's a glorified caterpillar if I ever seen one no it's given a whole new name it's a whole new species it used to be one way and now it's another way God wants to give you a saved mind. He wants to rescue your mind. He wants to surround you in the darkness and say, I'm going to bring light to where there is no light. I'm going to bring light. And let me control the light. Surround you and starts transforming. And all of a sudden, you get to the place where you are able to test and approve God's will. His good, His pleasing, and His perfect will. Romans 8, 5 says this, Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of the sinful man is death. But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Come on, God's trying to give you life. He's trying to give you peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Neither can it do so. Those who are controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Isaiah 1.18, God says it like this, Come, let us reason together. Then he starts reasoning with the man. He says, Though your sins are, are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat of the best of the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. God is saying, I'm trying to protect you. I'm trying to rescue your mind. I, I love this right here because many people think that, that the flesh is this bad thing or the mind is this bad thing. Acts 2.17 says this, And it shall come to pass in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream to dreams. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, do, do your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you and whom you have received God. You are not your own. Colossians 3, 2, 2 says this, set your mind on things above and not things below. Matthew twenty two thirty seven 37 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. God, I want a safe mind. I want a mind that, that goes, look, Paul said, when I, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. You know how my children reason? Whatever benefits them, they should be doing it. You know how I reason now is like I ask people that are experts around me. Hey, what do you think about this? Hey, I've never, I've never ridden a motorcycle. Can you teach me how to ride one? I've never been a dad. Can you help me walk through what it's like to have a teenager? When you start putting away childish things, you start looking to others to be your experts. When, when you're a child, you are the expert. 
Everyone else is dumb. This is how we have to begin to walk. Now look, it's one thing to ask a mentor for wisdom. But it's a whole other thing to catch that the greatest wisdom comes from the Word of God. I have this whiteboard. And this whiteboard represented all there is to know about everything. This is the mind of God. Everything about how planets are formed to how they die. Everything to know about when the humankind is, you know, everything about David, every hair on his head. If you could count them like God. If this is God's mind, I want you to draw, color in an area that would be your mind in con connection to this. How, how, how smart are you in comparison to God? How, how wise are you in comparison to God? I, I mean, if this is all there is to know, David put that, I don't even know if I feel like I could put a dot on the thing. You know what's crazy? Is that we live our whole life off the dot. And go, God, I got this. You know what that says? I'm immature. When I tell my son, son, you can't play with that knife. It's going to hurt you. And he goes, no, dad, I got this. I pinky promise. I'm like, I don't, I'm not, we're not making deals here. Like, like there is wisdom that I have that you don't have. We, we're not even talking about this. We're not sitting down and read. You cannot reason yet, child. You are the age where you just got to listen. Look, and you're growing in this thing. We got to get to a place where we say, God, I don't have to have all this figured out. I don't have to be a rocket scientist to accept your will in my life. God, you are wise and I'm not. You are real smart and I'm not. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You start getting smarter the day you stop believing yourself over the word of God. You start getting wiser the day you go, God, you are real smart and I'm just trying to figure this thing out. I don't got it all planned, God. But you hold the plans in your hand. You're the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. You know it all in completion. I trust you and you alone. Who you put in my life, God. Thank you for the wisdom. This is why when you get a word from God, you better take it to a, a, a multitude of wise counselors. If you don't, you are revealing your immaturity. Because immaturity says, man, I got this figured out. It's my son. Like, you ain't got this figure out, bud. The sooner you figure that out is the sooner you grow. That's how I live my life. That's how I want to live my life every day. Every time I say, man, I got this figured out, I need to go, God, I need to put away childish things, childish things, so that I can become mature, and then I can walk and test in your will, your perfect will, your pleasing will. God wants to speak to your mind. He wants to get you to a place where he wants to give you the desires of your heart. Some of you are wanting to be married. That's a desire in your heart. But you have not submitted your will to Christ. Some of you want a new job, and a new career. And you want God to work it out, but you have not submitted your will to Christ. Some of us want to be blessed in our finances, but we have not submitted our will to Christ. Christ says, look, I want you to tithe. I want the first fruits. And you're like, man, that doesn't make sense. I don't feel like that's right. And God says, I don't care how you feel. You're not going to connect to me with your feelings. I want you to rule over your soul. Look, God's looking for some mature believers to say, I'm going to be a disciple of my soul. God, I'm going to start walking in this place where we walk through the cool of the garden. David said it like this, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because your rod and your staff comfort me. Look, the rod and the staff were God's words, his guidance and his correction. I want your guidance and I want your correction. 
God, I want you to correct me when I'm on the wrong path, and I want you to guide me when I'm on the right path. I want you to do all the in-between, God, because I don't know what to do. I don't have it all figured out. I submit my mind, my will, and my emotions to your throne. When we do that, we will start seeing changes here, changes in our soul, and our spirit starts growing. Who can handle this message? Well, those that are ready to move on into what God has for you. I know this isn't for everybody. I know everybody's not ready to handle this because some people are still trying to figure out their emotions. You will never figure out your emotions until you give Him your will. And this is not you do it and it's done. This is the rest of your life, guys. Welcome to the party where your pastor has to daily keep feeding this mind the Word of God. When fear comes in, when anxiety comes in, and I'm trying to go back to my old ways, and, I'm, and the enemy's trying to make it dark and control the light, I say, God, bring in the entrance of your light. Awaken me. Show me. I haven't got it all figured out, but that is the one thing that I have figured out, that when his word comes in, darkness has to leave. Anger has to leave. Shame has to leave. Fear has to leave. I don't care how far away he has been controlling you. As soon as you say, God, bring in the light of your word. Speak to me through your word. I don't want some of it. I want all of it. God, why would I live off of this? And we get to heaven and we wondered why we had a half lame life. Because we lived out our will for us. God says, let me blow you away. Come on, Jeremiah, I know you're fearful, but let me blow you away. May, let me make you a prophet to the nations. I know you're afraid of your neighborhood, but let me go, let's go to the nations. Come on, Jeremy Johnson, I know, I know you're afraid to give speeches in high school class on things that don't matter. I know you failed every speech, but if you say yes to me, let me send you to the nations. Let me awaken giant killers through your voice. Let me do something that if I were to tell you, you wouldn't believe me, even though it were said to you. Come on, I don't know about you. I want his will for my life. I want his victory for my life. I want his hey amen would you stand to your feet all over this room I love that he wants the cocoon us you see some of us you know we live in the mud does it kind of feel like that and when when the worm is living in the mud it enjoys the mud it's its home it's all it knows it eats in the mud and has friends in the mud and every day wakes up in the mud and every day goes to sleep in the mud but when the when the when the caterpillar gets cocooned, the mud starts to not become its home. Because now it is given something it didn't have before. You see, when you receive Christ in your life, you are given life. Where you used to be okay with laying down and being dead, God wants to give you new things. He wants to make you a new creation. He wants to give you a saved mind. He wants to pour out into your mind. He wants you to be able to say, God, I worship with all my mind, my soul, and my spirit. I love you with all my mind, my soul, and my spirit. When a butterfly gets its wings, it may land in the mud. But it doesn't have to get angry at itself when it lands in the mud. All it has to do is start flying. Like I want to tell you, when you've given your life to Christ and you maybe have returned to the same places you used to live in, Stop beating yourself up. Stop letting the devil tell you, yep, this is your home. Look at you. You got the wings and everything. And now you're just, just say, devil. Oh, you thought caterpillar. No, no, I've been given a new name. 
You thought I was, I was dead. No, I've been given a new life. I, I, am, I, am, G, I am in Jesus. I, I am a new creation. Oh, you thought I am who I used to be. It's funny how when you land in the mud, you don't like it like you used to. That's the problem with getting saved is it's hard to go back the other way. I tried to go back in my old life, and I was like, man, this isn't as fun. as it, A hangover isn't as fun as it used to be. Sleeping around isn't as fun as it used to be, right? All of a sudden, everything changes. It's too late. You might as well stop living in the mud, and you might as well fly into the environment that God called you to be in. Amen. Hey, why did I say that? Because some of you are today, I'm drawing a line in the sand and saying you're done beating yourself up. Stop letting the enemy hammer against the mind. You have a safe mind. You say, you know what? I'll put on the mind of Christ. That's why the Bible says, think about whatever is lovely, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is just. Because whatever you think, you become. Amen. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? And would you grab your neighbor's hand to your left and to your right? You know, we said that it is Jesus that awakens our spirit. That we're born with a dead spirit. We live in a body, we have a soul, and inside of our body is this spirit, but it's dead. And it's dead because of sin. It's dead because of wrong decisions. It's dead because it has no life. But Jesus came and died on the cross, and he gave up his spirit so that you could be filled with his spirit. He, he traded places, spiritual places with us. He said, I'm going to become a sinner and I'm going to make you a saint. Now to receive that, we have to thank Jesus and we have to ask him for that free gift. We, it, is, it is something that we, we have to give him our will. We say, Jesus, I give you my will and I receive your free gift of life. You can do nothing to earn it. You can only receive it. If you're in this room under the sound of my voice and you feel dead on the inside, you have a hole inside of you. Maybe you used to be alive and somehow you feel dead again. Today is a good day to either give your life to Christ for the first time or to rededicate your life to Him. We're a family. That's why we're holding hands. So if you're holding hands with someone, I want you to know that there's no judgment here. There's no shame here. We've all been in that place of feeling dead and receiving life. This is the good news of the gospel. It's not... Uh, this is not a funeral home. This is, this is a, a party that we want to have in this room with this family. If you're in this room and you feel dead in the sound of my voice and you said, I'm tired of it. I would like that life that Jesus wants to give me. I want you just to squeeze your neighbor's hand. Ready? One, two, three. Thank you for listening. If you have something that you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit fearlessla.com slash fearless TV to fill out a prayer request or find more information about Fearless Church.